Hi, my name is Andrew Nippert, and I'm the youth and children's pastor at Third Baptist Church in Marion, Illinois. Our youth group, Thrive, meets weekly on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Sunday nights is a high-energy gathering where we play games, sing songs, and study the Bible. Wednesday nights are our going deeper night where we spend the bulk of our time in small groups, building relationships with one another as we all attempt to understand God and genuinely follow Him together. What you're about to hear is a recording from our Sunday night gathering. You'll notice it is highly interactive. We'd love to have you join us in person every Sunday night. But in case you can't, we hope you enjoy this recording and that it helps you grow closer to God. If you have any questions about what you hear or would like more information about our church or youth group, feel free to contact us at tbmyouth at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy the podcast and that it helps you take the next step in your faith journey. You guys should be in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, by now, and uh, we'll be starting there in just a second. But before we get there, uh, let's, let's pray together. And then uh, we've got a little little question for you as we, we get going. Dear God, I thank you so much that we can be here together tonight. I thank you uh, for each other, that we can be with each other, and that we can be with you. I ask that right now you would remove any distractions, any uh, cobwebs, uh, anything that would get in between us and you in our hearts and in our minds tonight. Help us to focus on you and bring you glory and bring you honor uh, tonight as we look at your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So what are we talking about here? We're doing a little two-part series. What's it on? Yeah, spiritual health checkup, right? We're asking the question, do we feel healthy or not? As followers of Jesus, do we feel healthy or not? Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a follower of Jesus. You wouldn't claim to be a follower of Jesus. Um, But if you were to look inside, do you feel okay about where you are inside? on your insides, in your soul, in your spirit, are you feeling healthy? Are you feeling good? Or is there something in there that maybe you feel like there's a dark spot or, or a problem spot uh, that, you know, if you were to go to a doctor's office, you would say, can you do anything about this? Can you do anything about this feeling, this, this problem that I've got on my insides? Uh, that's what we're doing here. And uh, we're, we're taking two weeks as we kick off this new year, 2019, to say, where are we at? Where could we be better? What needs to change? What needs to grow? How could we develop better spiritual health? So we got to define what spiritual health is. Spiritual health happens when a person is in a good relationship with their creator. We believe we were created on purpose for a purpose, right? Your creator designed you. He had a perfect design. We human beings messed that up with this thing called sin, all right? So we are lost. We are away. We are separated. We are broken. We are broken off from our creator. Spiritual health is when we re-engage with our creator, when we start refitting, being refit into his design instead of into our design, when we start aligning ourselves with his will and his purpose. Uh, we, We find spiritual health when we're in a good relationship with the one who created us Uh, because he's got the blueprint. He knows what we should look like. Uh, I have a car. I actually have two cars. I've got a car and a van. And uh, from time to time, I have to do some work on it. 
or I have to get someone to help me do some work on it. Uh, and what you do is you pull up the blueprints, you pull out the driver's manual, and you go, okay, what should this look like, <laughs> right? And, and you, sometimes you pop the hood open and you look under the hood and you go, okay, that shouldn't look like that, right? You, you can tell there's something wrong because you're comparing it to something. And that's what we're doing. We're saying, God, what, what is it that we should look like and how can we come into alignment with that? How can we find spiritual health? So we started this off last week and uh, we gave two steps, right? There are two steps to developing spiritual health. What's our first step to developing spiritual health? Who remembers? Yeah, draw near to God. Two steps to develop healthy spiritual life. First, draw near to God. Anyone remember what the second one is? Carter. What is it, Joe? You'll see next week, right? <laughs> Step two is you'll see next week. It is now next week, so we are actually going to uh, look at what the second step is tonight. But before we do that, we're going to quick review a little bit more what it means to draw near to God. Because really, step one, if you do step one properly, step two will happen on its own. Okay, did you guys catch that? If you do step one properly, step two will happen on its own. So we, we're, we're going to reemphasize it just a little bit. What does it mean to draw near to God? Well, it starts in James 4, 8, right? We shared this. This was our verse of the week last week. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's promise verse. It's a promise. If you do this, God will do this. It's a promise. Do you believe that promise? Have you ever had a moment in your life where you said, okay, right now, I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to have the intention of I'm going to start moving towards God. I'm going to start moving towards God. I don't even know what that means yet. I don't even know what that's going to look like. But whatever it is, I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start moving towards God. If, if you've never made that decision, I'd like to encourage you. I'd like to challenge you. I'd like to, to inspire you. Give it a shot. And see what happens in your life. When you start moving closer to God, drawing near to him, he will draw near to you. Well, how do you do that? Well, that's kind of like what the second half of the verse is all about. How to draw near to God. First of all, we turn away from sin. The end of uh, James 4 is, you said it, Kieran? Double-minded, that's right. So we got to cleanse our hands. We got to purify our hearts, our minds, and, and reset. We got to reset. So we had to turn. How do you draw near to God? How do you turn towards God? Well, you first you got to turn away from sin. Um, and how do we do that? Well, we we got to um, realize there's sin that comes at us from the outside, and there's sin that comes at us from the inside. And we turn away from that sin. We say no more. I'm done with sin. I don't want the sin. I instead choose God. So we turn away from sin and we turn towards God. It starts at the moment of salvation, right? When we make the decision, God, I repent of my sin, which means I turn away from it and I choose you instead. Sin is bad. God is good. I'm going his way and I want to be done with the bad. I want to be done with the sin. Does that mean you're going to be perfect overnight? No. And that's why it continues uh, with sanctification. How do, we, how do we get saved? We believe he exists. He believes he rewards his followers. It continues in sanctification. Sanctification is just a big word for? Nope growing, getting better, developing further, becoming more like Jesus. That's what it really means. Sanctification is becoming more like 
Jesus every day. The, the strictest definition um, is uh, to be sanctified, is, is, is to be set apart. It's to be uh, uh, dedicated to a particular thing, specifically holiness. Uh, but it's the idea we're becoming more like Jesus every uh, day. How do you get sanctified? How do you get more like Jesus every day? You and you read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll... You guys don't know that song? Oh my goodness, we have failed you as a church. That's a, that's a kindergarten song. Great. Okay, all right, we're going to have to fix that. How to draw near to God. Turn away from sin, turn towards God. So that's step one, right? Step one, developing spiritual health. What is it? We draw near to God. Great. You guys ready for step two? Yeah. All right. Here's, here's step two. You, you ready? You ready? You ready for it? It's really, it's really deep. It's really complicated. Ready? <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> draw near to God. And secondly, we need to draw near to God's people. Draw near to God's people. You see, it sounds easy. <laughs> it sounds easy, but it's not. <laughs> but it is not. So you should be in Hebrews chapter 10 by now. Um, and let's read together. Uh, i got to find the right verse now. Ah, here we go. Got it. Close. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. 24, yeah. I was looking for 25, but we got to start in 24. All right, so Hebrews 10. Uh, verse 24, here we go. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So when I was, um, I guess I was 17, uh, I did something for the first time in my life. Anyone ever have, like, do a first time something in your life? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Hopefully you've all done something for the first time, like eat. <laughs> you know, like, um, when I was in high school, my senior year, okay, uh, remember, I grew up uh, out on the East Coast. I'd been homeschooled out there. Then I did, like, this hybrid where I did some at home and some at the public school and, and did this back and forth. And then when we moved to Alton, uh, moved out here to Illinois, uh, I started attending full public high school, okay? And that was going into my junior year. So going into my junior year, I joined, uh, we, we moved to Alton like a month before the school year started. So partway through the summer, started classes. I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never ridden a bus before. I'd never had like, it was, it was, just, it was just crazy. Um, not, re not really, a little bit of bullying, but it, it wasn't too bad. Um, uh, so I, I, got, I made it through my junior year. I survived. And I made a decision. You see, I had always um, thought of myself as a runner, okay? I always enjoyed running. My dad was a runner. He had played um, soccer and uh, he'd done biathlons and triathlons all through high school and college. Um, uh, his, he was really good at, at the biathlons, running and riding his bike and everything. So I, I'd always, you know, want to be like my dad. So I'd, I'd done that as well. Yeah, so he, he had taught me how to run, uh, how to jog, uh, how to do breathing and, and stuff like that. So all throughout, you know, middle school and high school while, while I was, you know, mostly homeschooled, I would run on my own. I would, I would just go. We had out, outside of our house where we lived in Pennsylvania, there were, the loop made about a two-mile two loop through the woods, uh, and I would just go for a jog, go for a run out around, uh, around the loop. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I ride my bike a lot, different things like that. So... 
finished my junior year of high school now, fast forward, and I decided my senior year, I want to go out for the cross country team, okay? Because I'd, I'd never been on a team before, never, never, never run before really in, in any way, never had any real training, just, just what my dad had, had done with me out there in the woods, and I was like, I'm going to go for it. So I made the decision. So I showed up for the first practice of the summer, okay? Because, you know, cross-country practice is all summer long. So I show, I show up for the first practice, and uh, it, was, it was an afternoon, and I showed up and uh, didn't have any clue what I was doing. So we do our warm-ups. We do, we do uh, he's like, all right, we're going to do a warm-up mile. And I was like, okay, all right, let's do this. And, we, you know, it, when you warm up, you start out walking real slow, then you get a little bit faster, then you're jogging, then you run. You gotta, you're supposed to start slow, end in a sprint, all this, and then you do more stretching and all that. So I'm like, we finished the mile, and I'm like, I'm feeling good. Like, oh, that, wasn't, that wasn't too bad. Like, mile, I could, I could handle this. And he's like, all right, now we're going to do this other thing. And, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, we were going to do, like, 20 minutes at a tempo pace. Like, it was, it, we were going to cover uh, a couple miles. And uh, so I'm like, all right, let's do this. And I run out there, and pretty soon I realize I'm falling to the back of the group of all the guys. Okay? All the guys are now out in front of me. And I'm looking around. And it's just all the girls with me now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, this isn't exactly going how, how I had planned it to go. And then, as we kept going, I'm now starting to go towards the back of, of all the girls. And, and I'm like, okay. And I found out by the end of that practice, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I had a lot of enthusiasm. I had a lot of energy. I had a lot of the good basics. But these were people that had been running together for multiple years, and I had no idea what I was doing. And I realized I needed that team to help me. I needed that team to help me. So it was funny. Uh, I spent the rest of the summer running with the team, and uh, what, what my coach did is he paired me with people on the team. First he paired me with this girl, and then he paired me with that girl, and coach just told me just... Just run with this person, let them pace you, and then uh, eventually you'll, you'll move up. And I was like, okay, okay, got it. So about every two weeks, he would put me with a new person. And, and eventually, uh, made it to the end of the summer, did my first race. Uh, that didn't go great for me either. I ended up walking a little bit during, during the race. And it was, it was just crazy because I'd never done a race before. But I kept with the team. And I didn't give up on the team. And eventually, by the end of... Uh, the, the season, I was pretty proud of this. I was the number one uh, uh, senior on the team in, in, in Speedwise. Now, that sounds pretty cool, right? I, I was on varsity team, right? Like, I, I made it. I was a senior, and, and I was the number one senior on the team. I was the, the, the you know, varsity up there and everything. Except that there was a sophomore on the team that was still beating me every time we went out there. And uh, no, it was, it was another guy. And there was a junior that was beating me as well. But I was, I was number three for, for the team overall. But that's because our team wasn't great, okay? Like, it, it wasn't a great team. We always lost at all the competitions uh, that, that we went to um, uh, up in the St. Louis Metro East area. Uh, there were some big schools, and we, we just got crushed every time. Yeah, so, but it was great. It was great. I really, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I learned because I had a team helping me, right? I had other people who'd been doing it longer, other people who'd had practice, who came along right side next to me and said, run with me and I'll help you get there. And I learned from them. 
I learned how to pace myself. I learned how to prep. I learned how to stretch. I learned how to cool down. I learned all these things because I stayed with my team. Why do we think when it now comes to our spiritual lives, we don't need a team? How many of us, don't raise your hand, but think, think about yourself. How many of us feel like following God is a solo thing? Like it's like something that you got to do on your own. Some, like don't, don't raise it, but like even if we don't think that, how many of us actually do it that way? We don't talk to anybody about the struggles we're facing. We don't talk to anybody about the things that we're doing well. We don't talk about anything about our spiritual life. Most of us don't even like to pray in public. We're like, this is, this is my relationship with God, and it's like, it's, it's my private thing. And I don't, I don't want to open up about it. I don't want to talk to anybody about it. We're trying to do it solo. That would be like me showing up at my first cross-country practice at the beginning of the summer and going, hey, guys, I got this. I don't, I don't need the teams, but I'm just going to run on my own all summer long. I'll see you all at the first race of the season. How, how would that have turned out for me? Yeah, because that's what I had done my whole life up to that point. I'd never run on a team before. All I'd ever done was just, I'd, I'd go for a run in the afternoon if I was bored, right? But we do that with our walk with God. We try to go it alone. How, how, do, we, how do we draw near to God's people? Um, this verse, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, says we need to stir one another up. You guys get that idea, right? Like you're mixing it, you're, you're stirring things up, okay? Sometimes that's a bad thing to stir things up. But here, it's good because what are we stirring people towards? God. Specifically in this verse, First of all, it says to love, stir one another to love. Do you think sometimes you might need someone in your life to say, hey, let's be more loving. Hey, let's go love somebody today. Do you think maybe you need someone in your life like that? Do you think maybe sometimes you need to be that person for somebody? Uh, and then secondly, it says stir each other to good works. Do you think maybe you need someone in your life to come alongside you and say, hey, Let's try to find a good work to do. You know, Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we were created to do good works. But we forget about that sometimes. We spend our lives on what? Us. We spend our lives trying to do our things our way for ourselves. You might need someone to come alongside you and say, hey, let's focus on, let's, let's try to find some of God's works to do. Maybe you need to be that person for somebody to walk up next to someone and say, hey, let's go do a God work together. Maybe. Stir each other up to love and good works. And then it says, do not, do not um, uh, stop meeting together like some do. I, I love that. Uh, 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 let me read that again. Verse 25, um, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. I like how even back when this was written in, in the book of Hebrews, there were people that skipped church. There, there were people that just didn't show up for things. And he's like, hey, I know some people, they have trouble with this. They want to skip. Don't be that guy. Don't neglect to meet together. Why? What do we do when we meet together? We worship God. No, and girls too. Plural. We worship God. If you read in the book of Acts in chapter 2, 
um, and, and see what the church first did when they first started getting together, it, they're all about God. It's amazing. Every time they got together, they were all about God. But not only did they come together to worship God, they came together to share life. Did you, you ever think about this? When the church first started, there wasn't such a thing as church buildings. Okay? They met in homes because they didn't have anywhere else to meet. And they met in the synagogue sometimes because that was like a religious center in, in the town. But they just got together. They just hung out together. They ate their meals together. They shared their stuff with each other because they were the church. They spent time together to share their life with each other. So meet together to worship God and share your life. And finally, it says we need to encourage each other and all the more as we see God is coming back sometime soon. He says to, to grow in Christ and to reject sin. What, why do we need to encourage each other? Why do we need to encourage each other? Because sometimes we forget what we're supposed to be growing into. And we need someone to come along and encourage us in that. And sometimes we fall in holes. And we need someone else to walk along and pull us out of that hole, right? The hole is called sin. Okay, just to be clear about that. You probably have an area of your life right now where you could use some help. Especially when it comes to sin. You, you might have something where you, you would love to have someone wiser or, or someone who doesn't struggle with that come alongside and say, hey, I'll help you with this. I'll help you with that. We need each other. Guys, you need a team. Following Jesus is not a solo endeavor. It's a team sport. So if you want to develop spiritual health, you've got to do both steps. You've got to draw near to God and you got to draw near to God's people. That's why we have youth group. But you know what? Youth group isn't enough. Showing up on Sunday morning and Sunday night and sometimes on Wednesday night is not enough to become the man or woman that God designed you to be. Guys, you should be having, having each other over. Like one, of the, one of the coolest things I, I, I hear is, is when you guys hang out with each other at your own homes. That makes me so happy when I hear that. When I hear, oh, so-and-so had us all over and we played video games. So-and-so, we, we met and we went and did this activity. We went and got ice cream together. We went and, um, you know, went and sat together at a basketball game or something like that. Guys, do life together to encourage one another, to help each other, to confront each other when you need to. Sometimes you need someone to walk up to you, slap you in the face and say, stop being an idiot. Some, sometimes we need that. Sometimes you need that good friend to walk up and say, girl, that boy ain't no good for you. Sometimes you need that, that brother to walk up to you and punch you and say, dude, quit messing around with that girl. She's trouble. I've had to do that before. I've had to be that guy before. It's good. I am talking to you. I'm talking to all of you. <laughs> you got to make the decision. Are you going to do it? Are you willing to follow God? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for giving us yourself and giving us each other. Help us to follow you. Help us to draw near to you. Help us to draw near to each other. We love you and give you all the praise tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, that concludes our message for this week, but if you stick around for a few minutes, you can hear about our upcoming activities and events. Just a reminder, except for during some holidays and special events, our youth group Thrive gathers every week on Sunday nights from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. and on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Unless otherwise specified, our gatherings and events are for middle school and high school students in grades 6 through 12. We would always love to have you join us as we get together to learn what it truly means to thrive in this life by living the life that's found in Christ.